0: Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India.
1: It's more like an ability to let go.
0: Robert A. F. Thurman recently retired as professor of Indo-Tibetan Buddhist studies in the Department of Religion at Columbia University. He is president of the Tibet House US, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the preservation and promotion of Tibetan civilization. Time Magazine chose Professor Thurman as one of its 25 most influential Americans in 1997, describing him as a larger-than-life scholar-activist destined to convey the dharma, the precious teachings of Shakyamuni Buddha, from Asia to America. The New York Times recently said, Thurman is considered the leading American expert on Tibetan Buddhism. Inspired by his good friend the Dalai Lama, Bob Thurman stands on Buddhism's open reality and takes us along with him into an expanded vision of the world, whether the sweep of history, the subtleties of the inner science of the psyche, or the wonders of the life of the heart. He always shares the sense of refuge in the dharma, which unfailingly helps us clear away the shrouds of fear and confusion, sustains us with the cheerfulness of an enriched present, and opens a door to a path of realistic hope for a peaceful future. To find out more about Robert A. F. Thurman, visit bobthurman.com. In Krishnadasa's own words, he says, Bob Thurman is a fountain of blissful wisdom. One of my favorite things in life is to sit and listen to his nectar-like words flow into my mind stream." Have a listen to this chat between Krishnadas and Bob Thurman.
2: Okay. So
1: you can even just say I'm KD and I'm Bob.
0: Okay. I'm
2: KD and I'm Bob. <laughs> and I'm KD and Bob also.
1: Okay, very good. So I don't want to I don't want to take over the whole subject matter, but yes. Now that I've got you as my prisoner. Oh good. You know I the guess. the thing that my obsession really yes. and it's been yes. ever since day one. Yes. Been, my obsession has been the places that the so-called. Hindu or the Indian path yes. and the Tibetan Vajrayana path and Mahayana yes. path. The places where they merge and where yes. they where they come out of the sameness and the oneness yes. of it all. Certainly. Just from day one, I've always been obsessed with that. Yes. So So no, it's
2: a easy it's a easy solution, you know, and, and uh-huh. I I don't want to hijack everybody. I could talk for hours about it, but just let me what I somehow came to me earlier in the day. Huh is that I noticed this uh, winter traveling in Sri Lanka, yeah. that talking to Sri Lanka monks and people and reading their like lo- local books and things, to them, Mahayana is Hinduism. Ha. And there are different kings who came from South India, sometimes peacefully, sometimes not peacefully, and sometimes actually Sri Lankan kings went and conquered areas in South India in a long, long, yeah. somewhat fractured history. And Mahayana was in Sri Lanka for a 1,000, for 12, 15, as long as, uh, really as long as Theravada was. Uh-huh. Except that then they cut it out when it disappeared in India. You mm-hmm. know, and, and then it went back to being orthodox uh, mm-hmm. Theravada as if, it was, as if that meant not Mahayana. Right. Whereas most Indian monasteries had been, t- like Tibet, Tibetan mon- monasteries have Theravada-style vows because there is no Mahayana monk or mendicant vow. It's a, that's a, that's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a monastic Buddhist type of vow. Mm-hmm. And then Mahayana philosophy and Mahayana vision, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the, later when they went back to anti-Mahayana, the few who would like that, they said, well, that's just like Hinduism. So we don't like that. You know, The Buddha mm-hmm. couldn't have taught that. You know, <laughs> But, you know, I am now, for years I've been struggling with this because unlike most of the Tibet fanatics, I didn't, the, my hair didn't stand up on end when I heard of the name of the Dalai Lama. My hair stood up on end when I heard of the name of Buddha. Uh-huh. And to me, Buddha was India. Uh-huh. And you know, and uh, Siddhartha, Herman Hesse, and uh, uh-huh. Kansa, the Mahayana Sutra, Paramita, Transcendent Wisdom Sutra, and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but when I got to India, they had forgotten Buddhism. Uh-huh. And then the Tibetans were there with Indian Buddhism, mm-hmm. and so you know, Tibetan Buddhism is really not Tibetan Buddhism. When the Dalai Lama says, as he does all over India and the West nowadays, last maybe two decades, he's been saying that. You must not realize I am not representing some odd uh, Tibetan cult you know, like this school, Galukpas or Nyingmapas or some kind of sort of uh, strange thing, that's Tibetan Buddhism, I am a son of Nalanda, Mm -hmm. the great Buddhist universities for a thousand years that flourished all over India. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what, I'm a product of that curriculum. And it is true, he reads, his education reads uh, Vasubandhu, someone called Prabha, who does ethics, mm-hmm. Dharmakirti, who mm-hmm. does the logic and, uh, and um, you know, uh, 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 logic and reasoning and, and that kind of critical meditation, uh, Nagarjuna mm-hmm. and uh, Asanga. Mm-hmm. You know, those are his uh, mentors, mm. you could say. And they're all these great Indian pandits. And he, he has a set, actually, talks about the 17 great pandits of India mm-hmm. that are his his ancestor, his spiritual ancestors, mm-hmm. his parampara, you know, mm-hmm. as they say mm-hmm. in Sanskrit. Sure. So, so what has what happened? I think, is that Buddhism in Anglo world was informed through Sri Lanka by the British mm-hmm. originally, and then they had this again, this thing. Oh, some people from India are coming. They're either Hindus or Mahayanists are also Hindus in recent centuries. Mm -hmm. And so, well, they have a soul and we don't have one. Mm -hmm. They have a self and we don't have one. All this kind of thing. So it was like, and they kicked us out of India. So, you know, it was like a conflict thing. Mm -hmm. And there was five, six, seven hundred years of debate from about 500, 600 of the common era, the Gupta uh, dynasty era in North India, between the um, six darshanas, as they call them, the, the philosophers, yes. Hindu philosophers, yes. who kept some tenuous connection to the Vedas. Although some of them, like Nyaya Vaisheshika, they did not believe, you know, that... Um, the, the Vedas were transhuman. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they were—they didn't believe in God. Actually, they were logicians and physicists and things like that. Huh. And um, uh, Vedanta, however, did, and they connected it with the Upanishads and so on. So they—but they didn't even start debating the Buddhists until about five, six hundred mm-hmm. of the Common Era. Mm-hmm. And although the what they call the Sutra Akaras like um, Jaiminiya, who wrote the Brahma Sutras, Patanjali, who wrote the Yoga Sutras. They mm-hmm. were all in the huge flowering era around Buddha's time, mm-hmm. 5th, 4th century, 6th, mm-hmm. 5th, 4th century. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was no real commentary. There's no real known Hindu commentaries in all of those fields mm-hmm. until about five, 600. Uh-huh. And the reason, of course, is that the Buddhists Universities were the place where the conversation took place. Uh-huh. All the Buddhist mendicants were Brahmins. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Buddhism, it was eroding the caste system at that time, which was the one unforgivable thing, two unforgivable things. The erosion of the caste system and the critique of uh, uh, creator monotheism. Mm-hmm. And, but not, that was not such a problem, actually, mm-hmm. the, because the Vedas were not monotheistic, actually. They had many gods. Mm-hmm. But the real problem was that the Vedas were not the speech of God. Yeah. Sort of like the Bible, you know. It's mm-hmm. not. It's all not inerrant. Every syllable is like God's word, right. or the Quran, you know. The Vedas were considered like that, and the Buddha said no, and some of the Hindu philosophers actually also did, because mm-hmm. they were in this dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, and I even would say, bhakti, which we all like, mm-hmm. does not come from the Vedas. Oh. Bhakti comes in the space that was opened by what you could call the Shramanic revolution. Of which Buddhism was the central part, but Jainism was a strong part, and the Upanishadic Brahmins were a strong part. Mm-hmm. And and that in the space opened by that, the idea of a loving divinity connected with a transformation of the idea of a of a paternalistic kingship, not a, a punishing king, mm-hmm. you know, divine right of kings use the danda the you know the shanti parvan in the mahabharata king can do no wrong they can kill anybody yeah, yeah. if they think they're not upholding the caste system and the and the vedas and that changed to a sort of ashokan idea of oh i love all my subjects mm-hmm. and they should make petitions to me if my ministers are making them unhappy they can appeal directly to me mm-hmm. and so at that point you have the bodhisattva idea entering after that point and bodhisattvas are semi-divine beings. Bhagavan was originally Buddha's name. Mm-hmm. You know, They're Bhagavans, but mm-hmm. they don't attain nirvana. They stay in, because they love everybody. Right. Tara, Avalokiteshvara, these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So then it sort of turns it on its head. The Western scholars say, oh, the monks were getting so unpopular after a few centuries. Everybody hated the monks. Even, even though there was 900 huge stupa centers with huge carvings and the kings were patronizing madly. Uh-huh. And Ashoka refers to it as the Sangha. He doesn't say Buddhist.
1: Right. The it's sangha. just the yeah. Sangha. Yeah.
2: Right? And, and uh, even though that's the archaeological evidence, mm-hmm. they act like, oh, they were just isolated from people. They were all just trying to get away from the world and attain Nirvana. They hated the world, all so mm-hmm. suffering and miserable. They don't have any soul, so they're just trying to annihilate themselves. Uh, but then they were getting unpopular, so they weren't getting any lunch. <laughs> so they noticed, gee whiz, these Hindus are really popular. They got lots of gods. Uh-huh. Let's have some. Let's make Buddha into a god. Uh-huh. So they were imitating them. Oh wow! But actually, I think it's the other way around. Uh-huh. Yes, the bodhisattva idea suddenly is the idea that the universe loves you. Right. The universe is not a frightening bunch of Vedic gods who are up there saying, you sacrifice a few cows to me today yeah, and to get a priest to do it the right way in the Vedas with mm, the chants and the whole thing, yeah. or you and your lineage are in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And you won't win your battles and you won't have progeny and you won't have wealth. And Moksha, we didn't hear about that. Mm. That's a that's a later rebellion against us. Mm. You know, there's no moksha in the Vedas. No, only later in the Suddenly yeah, they sure. have an idea that yeah. the only goal you seek in the Vedas is to be an ancestor by having the f- blessings of the gods yeah, by yeah. by pleasing the gods. Uh-huh. You become you can become a ancestor and kind of be a kind of semi god. Uh-huh. You know, happy hunting ground sort right, of thing. So right. uh-huh. so that's so the, so that's. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, I think so. You shouldn't worry. In other words, you're worried from day one. But there is no conflict, as I assured Ramdas. We're totally into the soul. (laughs) The soul is a super subtle body-mind. It always is embodied in Mm -hmm. a light body, Mm -hmm. but very, very super micro Mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. But although at the super micro level, you hit macro, Mm -hmm. because then micro micro and macro doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. It's like when you get to zero. It's everywhere. It's, sure. a, it's just a space. You know? Right, know. Right. And, um, and so, it, but it's this what they call the indestructible drop. It sits in the heart center, uh-huh. which is not the heart, but it's at the level of the heart, sure. in the central channel. Mm-hmm. And it's knotted off by a Shiva Shakti six-fold knot that, mm-hmm. uh, that is expressed by the Shiva Shakti two triangles interlocking
0: uh-huh. with
2: six points uh-huh. coming around it. Mm-hmm. And when you're conceived... It hits, between the, it hits between the two seeds, the red seed of the mother and the white seed of the father. Mm-hmm. And it gets locked up in there. But it is, in a sense, on the coarse level, considered uh-huh. locked up. But on subtle level, it's itself an energy continuum. Mm-hmm. But we normally are not conscious of it. Sure. And then when we die, death is defined as that, that knot unravels. And that, that indestructible drop moves uh-huh. and takes off into the between state, uh-huh. and depending on its affinities and depending on its gurus mm-hmm. and its uh, how how much virtue it has, how ah. much good karma it has mm-hmm. by being loving mm-hmm. and friendly and open, mm-hmm. and then it wants to be back in a body, it doesn't like to be at the super subtle state where there's, in a way, no boundary between self and other. At the soul level, mm-hmm. There's no it's all one. Yeah, there, There's not a separate... The separate soul level where it's not all one is only when the soul is locked up in the coarse Individual, and identified with the according to Buddhism. Buddhist, yeah. you know, uh, genetic Buddhist genetics. It's yeah. not religious. It's not mystical. It's genetics, mm. and this is called the soul gene. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, it's not a fixed thing.
1: Yeah, it's not me. Well, it, it, yes, it's just
2: it's always referred to by as me by when it's but that me never really lands on a thing that doesn't change. Uh-huh. You know, it's like when I'm in this mood, I'm like that, and when I'm in the other mood, I'm like yeah, the other. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
2: there's no worry. In a way, it never disappeared from India. It is all of the elements of Hinduism that are actually non-Vedic, if you look at it critically. Mm-hmm. That is to say non-violence. That mm-hmm. is not karma yoga and war and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not it. You know, vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. You know, Buddhism is not quite as strong as Jainism on that, but that was a Shramana mm-hmm. contribution. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it relates to the Indian economy. You know, you don't—it's not efficient economically to feed a population by grazing animals.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you need farming is more in the lush soil of the Indus Valley or mm-hmm. the Ganges Valley is much better way of supporting mm-hmm. people. So you don't want—you don't mm-hmm. want to feed the—you mm-hmm. don't want to feed the crops through the, mm-hmm. the rice or the wheat. Through the animal, like you know, like we're crazily doing on the planet today, mm-hmm. everywhere you know. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, it's not really just it's just sensible in India, mm-hmm. you know. Probably the Harappans were mostly vegetarian, probably, mm-hmm. but nobody knows exactly, mm-hmm. but probably. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not really claiming a religious. Also, Buddhism ultimately really is not religious. At the time of Ashoka, for example, he never, not one edict does he mention a word Buddhism. He uses the word adhyatma vidya and he just refers to the Sangha. Mm. And uh, clearly he support, He mentions the name Buddha, but his name Nam Priya, the beloved of the gods, he, he says like that. Mm. But then Buddha himself is said to be Deva Manushyanam Shasta, teacher of humans and gods. Mm. So he's, so yeah. he, and he does that. There are sutras where he's teaching in the different heavens. Sure,
1: yeah.
2: And his big supporter Brahma, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So anyway, I don't want to go on and on endlessly. Yeah. So, okay, but, so but you please don't worry about it. And this would be a great thing for India because it would undercut like things like the RSS and you know those people who killed Gandhi yeah, yeah. and um, who are kind of anti-Islam. They I think they can somehow eradicate Islam,
1: yeah.
2: which is not possible. Right. But but but. True Indian Islam, before the division done by the British, was the most moderate Sufi-like Islam. Mm. It was not like Wahhabism mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they, didn't, they didn't have such terrible, huge riots like they did once you started partition. Right. You, know?
1: you mean after the first invasion? Yeah, so it, at after, partition it went, went, and afterwards, yeah, you know.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, because Islam kind of melted into India, you know. Sure. They just became the new kshatriyas. You know the Moguls and right, people like right, that, right. and the mainstream ones like Akbar tried to. They had Hindu people in their court, and even the occasional Buddhist of some kind, but very little mm-hmm. because Buddhism was unknown. But um, then um, Aurangzeb, of course, he was more, you know, fundamentalist mm-hmm. about it.
1: I think most most people who are who try to figure this out, I think that like. You mentioned it already, but the, the when the, the the Buddhists claim there's no self, and the Hindus claim there's a soul, right? And so people get confused about how to deal with that that dichotomy. So right
2: now you so you talked
1: to me about the sublime continuum, right? You have mentioned that to me. Now that right. has something to do with this, right?
2: Uh, well, but, you could you connect that to it? Yes. There's two ways of looking at the sublime, which is to say the Buddha nature. Okay. There's one way where The Buddha Buddha says, Buddha nature is something we teach to reassure people who are frightened when we say selfless, when they think there's no soul. So Buddha nature sort of substitutes for a soul. But that's the lower way of looking at it. The higher way of looking at Buddha nature is, it is reality itself in the form of the fact that enlightened beings, beings who are truly enlightened, which doesn't mean every kind of deity, but some of them, Mm -hmm. maybe, But enlightened beings feel, uh, they viscerally feel themselves to be everybody else. Mm. So, for example, any Buddha and their middleism, but particularly the one who worries most about us at the moment is Shakyamuni.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, Siddhartha slash Shakyamuni. He is you, Krishna Das, and me, Mm. from his perspective. Right. He's us. Mm -hmm. He actually enjoys being us. (laughs) (laughs) He does because really? he perceives he like us TV. at the micro level where we're pure bliss, freedom, indivisible, or bliss void. You could say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just publishing a book and I'm gonna make the leap. I'm gonna translate emptiness as freedom. Uh-huh. To stop so people can stop worrying because it's a it's accurate translation actually. A, freedom sounds really great, right? George Bush is out there conquering for freedom, right? Yeah, Flying yeah, his, was. his yeah. plane, yeah. right? Yeah. And in Texas, they like freedom. But actually, <laughs> free is a negation. It's a pure negation. Salt-free, sugar-free, trouble-free, suffering-free, free of suffering. Huh. That's all emptiness means. Free of a fixed reality that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. All reality, freedom, the theory of emptiness, or shunyata, or theory of freedom, if you will, was uh, taught by Buddha, is that everything is relative. Mm -hmm. And since you are totally interrelated, when you merge with everything else, you're free. Mm -hmm. When you think you have to hold apart from everything else, Mm -hmm. you're bound. Right. But that's just a mistake Mm -hmm. because you actually, there's no way you can hold yourself apart from everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So so in other words, Buddhism has a soul, but it's a selfless soul. It's like every Hindu has a nose, uh but that nose changes from birth to death. Uh Uh-huh. And Or if they go to see a plastic surgeon like poor Michael Jackson and have it, try to have it fixed again and again. Do yeah, so you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's all different all the time, huh. right? Yeah. So, so everyone has a selfless nose.
1: A selfless nose,
2: okay. Meaning that your nose is not, there's not one fixed nose that's the KD uh, uh, nose uh, uh-huh. that's always on your face from when you were an infant in arms mm-hmm. and from your august, now mm-hmm. grown-up, enlightened person. Uh. Right? Yes, of course. It's a, it's a relative nose. So uh, it's, you so sometimes to be dramatic, he could say you have a noseless nose.
1: A noseless nose, yeah. B- meaning that being that noseness, as used colloquially, is one thing that's always the same. But a noseness nose is a yeah, but, nose but Well,
2: the only thing that's the same is the word.
1: That's right. Yeah, the word. The, you call yeah. it nose. Yeah.
2: You can't find the line between the nose and the cheek. <laughs> You can't say that the air inside the nostril is the nose or not the nose. Right, and there's right, no boundary. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you take a microscope and look even at the skin, your mm-hmm. pores look like the Grand Canyon. Right. And so you, what's the exact boundary of skin you can't say. Sure. So so that means that in a way the nose is a kind of is a tokwe taksam. they say. Name created by name and concept. Right. Just creation but of name and concept, right. but that is a creation. Mm-hmm. So that means you have a nose. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fear losing your nose. Right. Although they say there is an experience you have when you meditate this thing at the deepest inner level about mm-hmm. the self, that you you have because you have a you have an experience like as if you kind of had a cork in you. You know, mm. you were like a bottle where the cork had got stuffed down into the middle of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this cork. And then you want to find the cork. And every time you look around and swirling around in the wine, the cork keeps swirling out of your view. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, it's, because it's, of course, it's you that's looking for the you. Right, right. And you swirl around for some time. And then it, there's a moment where you realize there is no such cork. But you're there, you are the wine and you're looking and part of you is the consciousness in the wine, mm-hmm. and you're swirling. And then you have a kind of frightening moment where you think maybe uh, maybe I'm, I've done this is wrong, I shouldn't do this and I'll, I'll be nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But then when you let go into that, mm. you have this very funny experience of realizing
1: sure.
2: that nothing is indeed nothing, so you can't be it.
1: Yeah, when the experience so, actually is happening, no f- there no, there, really you, you, not It's a frightening. It can be frightening. I think it's frightening. So. uh-huh.
2: It's like that's why they call sometimes in Zen, they call it the, the great death. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. You know, the French have another word for a little death. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's what we do all the time. <laughs> pretty much you know what death. that is yeah, in French.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you do. So the point is that then at that moment, then... When the nothing doesn't embrace you because it isn't there, mm-hmm. you then have, begin to have the you begin to sort of melt into the process of be embracing your relativity, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you everything you experience is bliss.
1: Let me let me ask you something. Maybe you can help me with this. Yes. So, I had an experience that really changed my life and yes. saved me. Yes. It was when I first started singing with people. Yes. Uh, after about nine months, I realized that I, I wasn't capable of doing it the right way.
2: Like, of doing of, of, of chanting with
1: people. Chanting with I people. I was not able to sing. Really? Yes, really. And, okay. And because I saw that I was a hungry guy. Yes. And that everything was going to come to me and I was going to gobble it all up. I see. And that was not why I started chanting. I right. started chanting to deepen my right. connection again with Maharaji from my side. Right. So, anyway, so like, I I quit singing with people, okay. and I, I went to India, and I Maharaji, of course, had, been, had left the body already uh, 20 years or so. But oh, he'd I, already left the body. Yeah, is, yeah, he left it, the body in 73. This was after he chose to go 95. chant with people. in 95, yeah. He never now, told me.
2: Then you decided you would. Oh, he did tell he, you. He
1: never told me to chant I thought people. you
2: said you told him.
1: No, no. He never told me. I really? had to find out that this is what I needed to do for myself. I see. He never instructed me to go forth oh, and multiply. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, in other words he said to Ramdas, tell the truth, be yeah, honest yeah. me, he just said, and love everybody. But you he said Dr-
1: drive the car. That's
2: what he said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so anyway, so you said make you a had long lot of story karma short. there, go deal with it, he said, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so finally I started chanting and I yes. realized I wasn't able to do it right. the right way. So I said to him, who had been theoretically gone yes. for twenty I said, This is your problem. I said to him, he was in Yoda. This. Yoda form. You reached Yoda, out to him in Yoda, Yoda form. Yeah. Light body. Said, yeah, I said,
2: this right. is your presence. problem. I'm right.
1: singing to people in your name. Yes. You have to fix this. I, there's nothing I can do about it. You have to oh, fix that's it. that's beautiful. Or I'm not singing that's beautiful. anymore. And that was it. That's beautiful. So, and then I went to India. And uh, so, anyway, every day I wake up and I was in very bad, dis- very much despair because the only thing that i could do to yes. save my ass yes. i was being prevented from doing by my own stuff yes it was there was no yes. s- slippage and there was no squirming i couldn't get away yes from it. so i was it was terrible despair yes so finally after a, a lot of despair and all kinds of things in kenchi in the temple on the the bandara day june 15th he lifted the veil so to speak uh-huh. and uh and there was no longer uh, m- me i see and yet i was completely present yes. and and people would come to say hello yes. and i'd say yeah thank you okay yes i was out of my own way for yes. the first time in my own yes. life yes and there was absolute peace absolute silence even though people were talking you know, you know total and ab- no movement in the universe yes.
0: no movement and yes. yet
1: everything and at one point i looked How up wonderful. in the sky i looked yes. up like in this everything and everything was held in this vast space
2: yeah everything was held
1: held inside yes. of yeah, the sure. yes. you know by this yes i looked up in the sky and i saw this little thickening in the atmosphere yeah. like a, <laughs> And I laughed out loud, and I said, ha, ah, that's Krishnadas-ness.
2: That's <laughs> Krishnadas
1: what? Krishnadas-ness. Ne- ness. ness krishnadas I see,
2: yeah. I see, I see.
1: And I saw that those were thoughts, and they were just whirling around by themselves up there, <laughs> and when I thought I was Krishnadas, I thought I was Krishnadas. <laughs> and I acted like Krishnadas. <laughs> but when I didn't think I was Krishnadas, I didn't, and... But the thing that freed me to come back so even when I think I'm Krishnadas,
2: yes. I'm not. Yes. Good. And perfect.
1: And being even when I think I'm Krishna, it doesn't affect the reality of this space. Beautiful. So yeah. when you say and and very much it was it it was um, it was so liberating for me.
2: Of course. Because it, it still wasn't is.
1: A, it wasn't about of course it, it, still it is. It, it's not about me.
2: This is why I even say, when I
1: think it is, it's not about me. That was what was liberating. Yes. Even when I'm stupid.
2: Yes. It's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, so. that's so wonderful, and that's why I, you know, you, I met uh, Guruji Maharaji through you, oh. because I felt him in you, totally, and then I realized that was just same as Buddha. And that completely liberated me from mm. some nervous thing. No, really, I'm serious. Uh-huh. And exactly, you're expressing exactly what I said. You know, which is, you see, you became selfless actually, and and you you were able to do so because he already had become selfless. Uh-huh. So yeah. you, but then you both were yourself because uh-huh. but you were selfless selves. Understand? Uh-huh. Right. And this is why, you see, people. Because the world is difficult when you think you're apart from it. Mm-hmm. You can't master it. It will ma- overmaster you. Mm-hmm. It will destroy you mm-hmm. and endlessly. And you'll try to fight it and you'll try to be president of the United States or you'll try to be God even. Mm-hmm. And, or you will be God and try to be the biggest God and you will fail. And so, so, so the thing is, you want to find out is this what Shakyamuni, what Siddhartha did? Instead of being a king, he said, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't do being a king right. I can't really help the people because king is supposed to help people. I can't help them. Mm-hmm. So so he said, I'm going to go find out there must be, I want to check if it's really the real situation. Mm-hmm. And he checked. And just like that, he discovered he wasn't really Siddhartha. There was no Siddhartha mm-hmm. except the name Siddhartha. Mm-hmm. And but, he, and he didn't get trapped, you see, the dangerous thing in all of these spiritual traditions, which most of the mystics fall into, sadly, in history, mm-hmm. mostly, mm-hmm. is there's that moment where you suddenly weren't there and there was no motion in the universe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you could, if you had been cultivating... Samadhi up through four or eight levels, there's mm-hmm. eight different levels into formlessness. Mm-hmm. And that they're very elaborately worked out both by Buddhist and Hindu mental scientists. Yeah. And if you go gone up through those levels, you could have fastened only on that part of this, there's nothing here, mm-hmm. a kind of vast space. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not and I don't feel bad that I left other people because this is really the reality of it all and mm-hmm. no one else is here either. But I'm not here enjoying it either. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't I didn't run away from anything. This uh-huh. is just what was always here.
1: Uh-huh. And I'm staying here. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: And then there would have been no Krishna Das, right. there would have been no chanting. Uh-huh. You would have kind of withered away. And actually sure. technically, according to Indian science, not particularly mm-hmm. Buddhists, mm-hmm very exalted high yogic science of either side, a being who wrongly thinks that their true nature is something unchanging. Mm. They think that's that state, and they have hit that state, and then they become reborn as a deity of the ultimate formless realm beyond consciousness and unconsciousness. And they're stuck there, Mm -hmm. and the frustrating part for them is that once you're in that state with a one pointed super holding fast mind, mm-hmm. you have no sense of time. Huh. So a hundred Aeons, hundred Kalpas, Aeons, hence,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're suddenly back on Forty Second Street <laughs> <laughs> of the equivalent. And like, where am I? What am I doing here? Because some subtle level of karma is still there with you.
1: Sure. no And subtle embodiment is still
2: energy, which is just Mm -hmm. energy is still there with you. Mm -hmm. And you sort of froze your development at that level. Mm. And what you are lucky to do enough, only because, probably on your own, you might not have done it. Probably. But only because your guru Mm. had done it, and was right there present, you know. Yeah. And it's like him and that story you tell about the guy who was saying, why do you have all this monastery and you're doing all this stuff and cooking and yeah. messing around? And, you know, and then I mean, he was acting like he wasn't there, that guy. Yeah, right. Because yeah. he was a sadhu and he was a samadhi guy. Mm-hmm and he was running around because then what happens to the lucky human is they still have that body mm-hmm. they kind of rattle around and they it thinking it's all not really there mm-hmm. and they're enlightened so they just throw it around and then they think they're going to stay in that no, the no motion of the universe stayed the minute they mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. and there are a lot of Buddhists who get in stuck like that uh-huh. and uh, and who knows what happens to them whether they do get stuck in the formless realm for a long time or whether they, they're lucky and some subliminal thing sweeps them up some more active place mm-hmm. but the point is you're, they say that only you can only you yourself can understand your selflessness but you can only understand it from some from the help of someone else who already understands their selflessness mm-hmm. and who teaches it to you mm-hmm. not someone who thinks their selflessness is not existing right. some form of seeming yeah, yeah, yeah. non-existence mm-hmm. but who is simultaneously there's no motion and therefore i'm responsible for my motion and i am only relational Mm-hmm. I'm only Krishna Das is a name mm-hmm. but I make Krishna Das and out of Krishna Das I express freedom mm-hmm. and and happiness mm-hmm. and bliss mm-hmm. and and but you can only do it because somebody expressed that from you some yeah. guy hiding in a blanket mm-hmm. looking around and then he remember he made he robbed that guy's retirement pension and he put in the fire and uh, then yeah. he produced a much better pension for Much it. better pension, yeah. So he's showing the guy that actually I'm responsible to you while well, you're irresponsible to everybody. You just think they feed you and run around. Well, here, here I'll feed you mm. better than you were feeding yourself. Right. Which right. showing that secretly you were feeling you are there, but right. you wanted to act like you weren't there. And right. you wanted me to act like nobody was there. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you see, enlightenment. Because we find life difficult in a binary way of dealing with everything, mm-hmm. and he's always overwhelmed by everybody, the only time we're really happy is when we're sound asleep. <laughs> we assume that enlightenment is a state of total unconsciousness. Yeah. Of, uh, un- no, relational consciousness is not there. Right. Right. But actually, it's more like the supreme tolerance of cognitive dissonance, is what I like to call mm, it.
1: Beautiful. Where
2: you're there and not there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And therefore, rather than being above others, your right your not thereness enables you to be completely attuned to
1: that. Totally with them. Yeah, and totally love with them. them. Yeah, sure. And
2: love them means love mm-hmm. them doesn't mean slobber on them or molest them. <laughs> love no. them means react to their feeling of being beset in hell. Mm-hmm. by otherness all around them, mm-hmm. by somehow whatever it is that's a window to their own relativity right. and freedom, free relativity, right? Yeah. Which you Absolutely. do through the chanting, because your Guruji encouraged you to do that, although, yeah. Yeah. No, again, no, he, he wanted you to do it from a place where you were not deciding to do it. When I what had to do ordered it. to do it. Yeah, no. He wanted you to do it from a place where you were doing it without doing it. He...
1: Well, maybe, but I the way the way I experienced it was that I reached a point where I was up to here in the water. Yes. And I recognized that if I didn't start chanting with people.
2: Yes. yes. I was
1: going down. You're so <laughs> by chanting with people I can stay right here in the water. Yes. I can be Perfect. I'm still in the water. No yeah, totally, cognitive dissonance. Just enough to breathe.
2: I know. But you had also had a taste that in the water there was this no motion, and you were yeah. free there. Actually, yeah, yeah, the you uh, had that.
1: that. You know that lasted. You had that. That, that, had, a, still that had a half-life of nine months.
2: It's still there.
1: Yeah, m- now it's a memory, but from from cog- consciously it's a memory. But for nine months, uh, I could still taste it, and then I woke up one day and went, "Oh, it's a memory. <laughs> Something." Yeah, but
2: that's just itself, our name.
1: Again, exactly.
2: Mindfulness. It's just a word for memory. Smriti. Hmm.
1: Smriti yeah. So that
2: mm-hmm. means your memory is now mm-hmm. just as much as anything else. Right. You're remembering you're sitting in a room talking with me, but yeah. you're also remembering that there's no motion in the universe.
1: Yeah, right.
2: You know, and so except, except, except what we're moving around here uh, it concerns us. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I, you yeah. know, of course, yeah. by the way, the reason we can talk so much about it, and I'm happy you said, but, and and added, the reason we can do that is that no talk is adequate. No talk
1: uh, is adequate, yeah.
2: No talk is
1: adequate.
2: It's anabilapya, anabilapya, you know. It's anirvacaniya, it's unexpressible, Mm. you know. That's that's Vimalakirti's thing, you know, it's called the lion's roar of the silence of Vimalakirti. But that's only, again, in the context. 32 bodhisattvas had said different things about non-duality and, you know, ultimate reality and relative. That means yeah. the ultimate and mm-hmm. the relative are one thing. And then Manjushri says, oh, you guys all said really great things. It was totally great. But <laughs> one problem is you said something. <laughs> and, of course, he is saying something mm-hmm. by saying that was a problem. Mm-hmm. So then he says, "Vimalakirti, what do you say? And in, in that context, right, that's right. saying something, not saying something, yeah, saying yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's other people there's an earlier one in the Sutra where Shariputra, the dualistic you know Theravada, monk, enlightened, Arhat, in a way, in a dualistic way, mm-hmm. who had that nothingness experience, or that transcendental experience, mm-hmm. and then re- re- returned from it, and they thought it was waiting for him. It was a memory, huh. and he was going to go back there later when he died, and meanwhile, he was going to be nice. <laughs> you know? But then he was secretly thinking he was enlightened, of course. Yeah, yeah. And because he had that in his memory, he had that visceral experience sure. in his memory. Yeah. So then Shariputra, at one point, is asked by a goddess, female, well, Shariputra, how long have you been in nirvana? And then the goddess is not impressed. And she says, excuse me, Shariputra, I asked you a question. You're known as foremost of the wise. Does the cat got your tongue? <laughs> and she says, well, no, no, I didn't say anything because you can't say anything about nirvana. And she said, oh, don't say that, Shariputra. You know, nirvana is neither inside nor outside nor anywhere in between. Mm. Similarly, speech is neither inside nor outside nor anywhere in between. Mm. The very nature of speech is nirvana. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) So, Krishna tells you're (laughs) chanting. As Krishna does and not as Krishna does. (laughs) That's That's, true. That means you're selflessly. And it's so wonderful in English language. We use selfless about Florence Nightingale. And we don't think we've made her into a Buddhist. We say she was a selfless healer. Uh We use that term. Uh And that's all Buddha was doing. Uh It just means not selfish. It doesn't mean non-existent.
1: Right. Uh Right? Right? Right, yeah.
2: That's the key thing. Mm. And the trouble with spiritual selfishness combined with samadhi power is the danger of when you get into that space where everything melts, dissolves under your analytical probe, you know, your deep diamond drilling wisdom. Mm-hmm. Then you think the place where it isn't present is you. That's the final place. Mm. And, and you're stuck there. Mm. And then there's no compassion Right. And you, it's the last bastion of your fear of relation,
1: huh.
2: you know, based on the ignorant sense of the separation of self and other. Wow. Do you know what I'm saying? And and Buddha blasted that one. Yeah. Right. You know, and and so that's why he fusses around about selfless. You know, mm. but some people he doesn't say selfless. He never says no. You have a self behave yourself. You know, he says. Yeah. Anyway, that's beautiful what you say, and as and it it squares with my experience of you, (laughs) why I love you so much and respect you so much, that um, and why you you introduced me to love the Maharaji guy who I couldn't, you see, because there was kind of I mean between us because I I was stuck on Richard Alpert, right? Yeah, so I didn't know Baba Ramdas was a channel to him so mm-hmm. since he thought it was so great and you know I I knew Richard Albert was is quite was quite great too yeah, his but wife, he for was sure. not that great <laughs> you know he was a Harvard psychiatrist yeah you know? sure you know yeah. and he was a nice guy i liked him very much <laughs> i remember having a meeting with him in cambridge at, uh, when he and Ralph Metzner, who recently passed away, by the way, just two yeah. or three days ago, four, oh. five days ago, four or five really? days ago. Yeah, he just passed away. I, I didn't hear about it directly because I'm not hooked into his Agni Yoga. I haven't but, heard about it at all. Somebody told me who it is. And um, hmm. Tim and him. And I was with two or three guys. We were on our, I was on my BSA 750cc super rocket. Whoa. And they were on Norton's and other machines, you know, ah, like ah, motorcycles. Ah. And we were high on... So and so many uh, uh, milligrams of mescaline. Uh-huh. Eyes as big as saucers. And oh. We went to visit them, but we we were a little used to it, so we could act normally. And uh, it wasn't that big a dose. And um, we were chatt- they were chatting about set and setting, mm-hmm. yeah, about their psychedelic experiences and experiments. And they were talking about set and setting, and mm-hmm. you know duration, and you want to make a good setting. <laughs> And then I remember Bruce Bennett, my colleague who later became a great mathematician, but he passed away since then. he says uh, to Ramdas or to Tim or one of them, and Tim in those days had his hearing aid he would turn it up and down, he had uh-huh. a t- hearing aid he would just the volume on and uh-huh. he was really super square like Mr. Professor, you know uh-huh. and Ralph was the German intellectual, you know and uh, so Bruce says, well, by the way, guys, uh, I know set and setting and, you know, measuring this and that, you know, and pulse and blood rate and all this. But don't you think that this research really leads to something super spiritual? Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't even know we were high. Oh, gee. And they were blamed later that they got a lot of undergraduates messed up. Yeah. But they didn't get us messed up. We wanted to mess them up, but we couldn't. They were professors. <laughs> so then we, we took off and went racing down Route 2 north of Cambridge, mm. 80 miles an hour.
1: Oh.
2: <sighs> and then we went off to the Mount Auburn Cafe to listen to Joni Baez.
1: Oh, oh wow. Well.
2: And, that, that, and then the poor guys, they were blamed for, for, for corrupting the youth, you know, like Socrates. Sure. They're all three great, actually, great people. Yeah. They really were. And we didn't know how great they were at the time, because we were idiots, you know, <laughs> you know, but we were high idiots, yeah, high. <laughs> for a little while there you know I, I became that was a little, great. I had a phase of recklessness mm. when uh, after I lost my eye, mm. I was ready for anything you know I was ready to i was I was ready to go into the river with Siddhartha, you know oh, so right. then that was part of my breaking away from the track I was on, you know, the Wasp track. You know. Yeah. Although I was already reading Buddhism and Hermann Hess and mm. Wilhelm Reich, and we rode up on motorcycles to Organon, to the, to the Wilhelm Reich's castle up in Maine and things like mm. that.
1: Beautiful.
2: So therefore, but no, I shouldn't digress so much, I apologize, but, but, uh, but therefore I couldn't get to Maharaji Huh. I drove in Kenji back and forth. Yeah. I was saving hippies and sending them to the hospital and not tell mm. in my Because I was the only person with a working vehicle. Right. A Volkswagen camper. Yeah. And I, I saw Maharajah and you guys all sitting down there. Really? A bunch yeah. of times across uh. that little bridge off the road. Yeah, sure. But then Richard is there, you know. Uh-huh. I was strongly thinking. I didn't know really who was Robert. It sure. was my I own think. ignorance, you know. I don't blame Richard at all. I mean, Ram Dass, I don't yeah. blame yeah, him. I know. But then luckily... You saved me. <laughs> you did. Oh, God. Because you're your love of everything and everyone. And, the, and Maharaji through you is really something very, very marvelous. That's what I really like. I, think, I do. I it's really great. I wish I'd had that experience at the time. It would have been helpful. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the, my path was more Nana yoga path, you know. Hmm. You know, uh, intuition a reason, wisdom, intuition sort yeah, of level yeah. thing, Manjushri type of thing, rather than bhakti thing. But Manjushri is also very bhakti, you know. Mm. Because, of course, we have to really love... Geshe Wangyal, my teacher, you know. Yeah. He was really you know, such a great... He, he gave me that great gift, I think, about teaching the meaning of selflessness, mm. which you have to hear. It's this quadruple bind thing. You can only understand it yourself, that you're selfless, but you cannot understand it without another person who has understood themselves, their selflessness, mm-hmm. who t- tells it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's isn't. It, it's a weird thing because it isn't like a transmission of a power or something, an energy. Mm-hmm. It's a transmission of a, of a peace, a kind of peacefulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's like I, I rightly said, actually. It must have been my former life. I told you that story when I first met Keisha And he rejected me, basically, as a student, Mm. and told me to head on back with my round-trip return ticket to India in 1962 to study find some Tibetans and study with them. I had a job already in Dalhousie. I would have studied with Trungpa Rinpoche and those kind of guys. They were in this young Lama school at the time. Uh And um, so he rejected me, but I said, no, 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 I'll be back. I'll shave all my beard and hair, I'll put on an eye patch, I'll wear jeans, I'll look normal. And I'll stop being a weird uh, fakir. You know, I had been <laughs> a fakir for a year ah. in, uh, in India and in wow. the Middle East. And, uh, and then my friend said, like, well, why are you doing He's this is this funny little guy in New Jersey? You know? I said, no, 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 no. I can trust him. Well, what do you mean? Why, how, why do you think you can trust him? I said, because he's not there, I said. Mm-hmm. And I had met a lot of gurus, Sufis mostly, but also Christian in Greece and then some Hindus already starting in India and um, even actually some Tibetans, I can say. Uh, but those gurus were kind of very luminous, amazing beings, but you felt that they were so, still full of themselves in a certain way. I can't mm. explain it. Yeah. They were really there. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were not simultaneously not there. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah.
2: So therefore, in a way, there's no room for you Except it's somehow subjected to, mm-hmm. hoping for a blessing or something. And mm-hmm. I can't explain mm-hmm. it, yeah. but he he was in a way the person who's simultaneously not there is gravitational. It's like they 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 do attract because there's a, because the people feel oh there's someone who doesn't have a barrier between me and them. They yeah. subliminally they don't see it feel it constantly, but they subliminally feel it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we felt with Maharaji too. Have you
2: ever met, do you feel that about the Dalai Lama, by the way? Because oh, you, you've taken a lot of, do you feel yeah. that way about him? I do. It yeah, took me a long time to feel that way about him because I had this older guy first. And he's also so
1: charismatic. You can't help but, you know, just sparkle in his sparkliness, you know. and But even so, there's no one in there sparkling. It's just sparkliness. Right. You, know, you get a beautiful feeling. Yeah,
2: he does. But, 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 you know, in a way, when I first met him, he wasn't completely like that. Huh. He was younger and he was more tight and he's mm. a little bit hysterical with the terrible pressure on him. Sure. 60, 62, oh 3, yeah. 4, yeah. like that. Yeah. This huge community depending on him, people yeah. being atrocitized up in Tibet by the Chinese communists. Yeah. He was really quite stressed. And, you know, he was, you know, he was there and he was seeking himself and so on. So we were like, he was like a senior fellow student of Uh the older teachers. Uh I sort of felt it of his senior tutor, the Ling Rinpoche. Mm. But he was the only one I felt similar to to my Mongolian guy. And it was kind of a, conflict because those Tibetans, they never think the Mongolians are that far out. Yeah. Kind of, except the exceptional Tibetan uh-huh. might. But otherwise they think well they're Mongolians, you know, they're like <laughs> they're like and like a New Yorker thinks about someone from New Jersey. You know, <laughs> they're Mongolians. But the, that Gishi Kishiwongil Dunjiled Senemete, he was just exceptional. You know, mm. He really was. Mm. He was like Maharaji. He just he was not there. And then he was there and then he he kept saying, oh, I'm not your guru. Now, don't tell me I'm oh. I remember once Jeffrey Hopkins went home for a weekend with his parents. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't come back till Wednesday. He was due back on Monday. Mm-hmm. He didn't come back till Thursday or Wednesday, like several days. Mm-hmm. And he didn't call. Oh, okay. And when he got back, the Genshe was furious. And he was like, How, why didn't you call me? You were supposed to be back on Monday. What is the problem? How come you can't make a simple call from Rhode Island? He said, Oh, I didn't call because you're omniscient and you have clairvoyant and you knew already, so I didn't want to waste the phone call. He got so mad. Says, "What do you mean you say I'm omniscient and clairvoyant? You foolish boy! You know, huh. I'm. I that's meaningless. You." you pretend you're respecting me like a guru if you had a consideration for my feelings if I, as a dog. And there was a dog called Barbus who was there. Uh-huh. He said, if you considered me and, and worried about my feelings as much as you're concerned for this dog, he said, I would be pleased. He said, wow. much as pretending you're respecting me as a guru. Wow. He really listened to him wow. in the sense that, you know, mm. project, these projections, you know. Yeah. And he hadn't dealt with him like a normal, almost yeah, like a yeah. parent, you know, yeah. someone who was yeah, responsible yeah. for him and what had happened to him. And He yeah, was a little yeah. crazy when he used to have a drinker, Jeffrey Alperin. Uh-huh. when he was younger, he didn't get turned on to the other stuff. He just drank. Uh-huh. But he was amazing. He is an amazing person yeah. too, mm-hmm. but he has his own karma. You know? So I'll never forget that. Wow. Yeah. How I think like some of the stories you tell me about Maharaji, the really great guru keeps pushing the responsibility back on the student. Yeah. doesn't like encourage dependency.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the bad ones encourage dependency because that gives them control over the people yeah, and then they yeah, employ yeah. them like pawns, yeah. Yeah. which are all these blow-ups that you see in Asia and in history too, not just in modern America. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see that, yeah. actually, if you look carefully in history. Sure, sure. And some of the greatest teachers who really were aware that the teacher is serving the student, not owning the student.
1: You know, there was a, a movie made uh, with uh, the woman from uh, Titanic. What was it in? Beautiful English uh, Oh, Le-
2: Leonardo DiCaprio?
1: Leonardo DiCaprio, but no, the woman. What was it him? The-
2: oh, I don't remember. Hmm? Kate Winslet.
1: Kate Winslet, and, oh. yeah. So she played this young Australian girl who goes to India oh. and falls in love with the guru and doesn't want to come home. Oh. And her parents are flipping out and flipping oh. out. And they trick her after years of she's there. And they trick her and saying some, her father's dying. So she comes back. And then they they imprison her in this place and they bring in a deprogrammer.
2: Oh, no. And it's you know who the deprogrammer
1: is? Oh, yeah. I've heard Harvey of Harvey Keitel. I'm gets kidding. off the plane dressed in black oh, and yeah. just walks into. <laughs> right? Anyway, so I they know, do. So he they live together in this little shack and he's oh. working on her and she's. But at one point she says something, you will never take away what my guru's given me. And I burst out laughing because I said, what did Maharaji ever give me? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing to take away. He gave that whole broken pot. He gave he that to that me, guy. He gave me you know,
2: He gave me, you know. And I said the fact that
1: there's nothing that you could take away, you know, it's like, right. it's is complete opposite. Because he made you, yourself, free. Exactly. That's the it, key
2: point. Exactly. But that, then that's a gift you could be grateful that's for, it, but of can't course be taken away. Can't be taken away, yeah. Neither do you have to And it doesn't on it. depend on him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But we have read it. It's like, yeah. there's a great Zen story that I like. That's your, that's not Buddhism and Hinduism difference, really. But there are some factions within Hinduism mm-hmm. who are t- who are so attached to their Brahminical status and the caste system yes, yes. and the need for an absolute that's outside the world, which is the spiritual disease. Right. They're just so stuck on that that they fear Buddhism. Mm. Although it's in the heart of what they do. And Maharaji had the karma and he found that himself.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: there could have been doctrines that could have said, you know, you know, like... Brahma's dream, and then you just wake up and you and Brahma are awake and therefore it's awake, you're all one, and there's nobody. Mm-hmm. He only, his dream is only somebody. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute, he's what happened to other people in the dream? You destroyed all of them? Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. You didn't destroy them. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a way you see through their own confusion about this right. Brahma's dream, mm-hmm. but you, but they're still confused. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing about that? Right. Do you follow me? Exactly. Sure. And don't think yeah, that absolutely. Brahma's not doing something about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Brahma, in the Buddhist suttas, Brahma shows up. Mm-hmm. He makes Buddha teach. Uh-huh. Buddha's acting like, I don't want to teach. Because <laughs> he, knows, he knows if he teaches without the help of Brahma, it won't work. Really? Yeah, people will oppose him. And Brahma comes and says, oh, look, yes, not everybody will understand everything that you're teaching them. But then he makes a scene that Buddha sees. He creates a thing where... Rainfall falls on different kinds of flowers uh-huh. and plants, and they absorb the rain in their own different ways. Uh-huh. And he says, and your rainfall is the t- your teaching of the Dharma, which doesn't mean a religious doctrine. It means reality, right. freedom. Yeah. And Brahma, 100% is behind it. Then there's wow. another one. The one I particularly like is where uh, uh, Indra... Uh-huh. Is expecting Buddha to come to the heaven of thirty-three, to mm-hmm. his Sudarshana yeah. city called Sudarshana, right. where uh, the gods are always partying, and Buddha's mother lives there actually, because mm. Buddha's mother only comes down from there to give birth to Buddhas in different planets, uh-huh. and it's a multiversal. There are many planets. This idea, this is the one, one is bullshit, yeah. according to the Mahayana vision. Yeah. There's many of them, uh-huh. and. Uh, but it's just hard work giving birth to the Buddha. So she takes a break immediately after giving birth and right. turns it over to a sister who incarnates just for that purpose. Uh-huh. And um, according to the Buddhist uh, legend, as, yeah, far as Westerners sure. Yeah, sure. go, but it's a yeah. real thing from Mahayana point yeah, of view. Yeah. And so he's going to come up, and because he, prom- he promised he was going to come and teach his mom when he's enlightened. Uh-huh. And she acts like she needs his teaching, so she says, okay.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And, and then the Indra says to the gods... Now you come when he teaches, I want to see you guys sitting there and like in the chairs and paying attention. <laughs> I, you know, like just cancel. And they said, no, no, we have appointments, we have parties. Say, no, 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 you come. And then they're still not listening to Indra. Mm. And so then he says, look, if you don't come, you know, who's coming down from Akanista? Mm. Brahma comes down mm-hmm. and then he takes the form down here in this, this desire realm heaven on the top of Mount Meru. Right. He takes the form of Panjashika, five uh, five knot hairdo
1: uh-huh. Panj- Panj- guy, yeah, yeah. who
2: actually could be connected to Manjushri. Actually, uh-huh. he takes that form, and he will whip you guys into shape. Uh-huh. If you know he's like the proctor.
1: <laughs> you
2: know, you better come and attend these classes, Buddha's going to get oh, Seriously. Wow. It's a whole story. In, yeah. the, in the sutta of the Pali sutta, uh-huh. not Mahayana sutta, uh-huh. Pali sutta. Wow. Like, shape up or Brahma will kick butt. He says, to, <laughs> to the partying gods of the 33. Yeah, really. He does. Oh, I mean, the whole culture of it is so rich. Oh, yeah. And I've, my whole wish in life has been to enrich India, which is stuck in this thing of absolutized Hinduism versus absolutized Islam, yeah. which it wasn't. It was melted the Islam into Kabir, mm. into Sufis, into yeah. Al Sindi, yeah. into so many wonderful p- poets and yeah, singers, yeah, you know, yeah. chanters.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. it did. Yeah. Uh, India did that. Yeah. And then the Brits pushed yeah. it back. Oh, well, yeah. Because they wanted division. Are the people there waiting for me? No one is there.
0: No, but there is someone waiting for you. Who? That waiting for Katie. You. Listen, you're popular. Said she, you said that you were going to meet somebody.
1: You know who she is. Uh, good. Well, she she can wait. Yeah. Obviously, she's here. I want
2: to do a big conference up Research. at 176th Research. Street. You know that place yeah. called the Millennium Center? Yeah, yeah. They want us to make a deal. I'm going to bring science and non-duality people, I hope. Uh-huh. You know, they have Deepak and other nice people. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're all Vedantins, you know. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, followers yeah. of that one guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I, uh, my name thing is really uh, shocking. Indian guy? Yeah.
1: Uh, he's not Nisargadatta. He Nisargadatta or Balsekhar?
2: Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But he has a group there. And then or they, Pap- they, Papaji,
1: they, but, Punja? Yeah, that, that, that Pundil, one.
2: Pundil. And they and, they're called and they call science and and sand? They call themselves. And yeah. they're two Italian, one Italian guy and one Croatian woman, yeah, one. Uh, mm-hmm. Maurizio and. And um, Zena, her Mm -hmm. name is, or Zena or something. Mm -hmm. And there, I like them. I go there in in San Jose. They do a yearly conference, and then they do summer Uh conferences in Tuscany, Uh in some castle. So they might come here and bring some of their people. Mm -hmm. And then I want to bring some death and dying people. Mm -hmm. And then I want to bring some Buddhist Hindu people and Deepak and stuff. So I I want you to come when I do that. And Tread House does that. Yeah,
1: sure.
2: You know, sometime next, maybe 2020. Because I'm still believing my psychic. Who tells me that I'm going to be happy in 2021?
1: You're going to be happy in 2021? Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Oh, I wanted to focus on green new deals. Mm hmm. You know, and I want to bring Ocasio Cortez. Uh-huh. I showed you my picture, right? Great. Yeah. I did.
1: Uh, I, no, did you? I no, you
2: didn't. I didn't show you my picture. No. no. Well, my phone is in the other room. Okay. I'll show you. Okay. I met her. Ah. At that, she came to the Tibetan Community Center. It's in her district in oh, Queens. Oh, in Queens. Oh, wow. And I have a picture of her and me. you got to see it. Uh-huh, fine.
1: Chokinima just started a center huh? there, too. Chokinima center, started a center there in Queens, too. Chokinima. Runkinima?
2: Runkinima?
1: Chokinima? Chokinima. Oh, Chokinima.
2: Oh, Took good.
1: Took son. Oh, he's know. a great guy. Yeah, he's wonderful.
2: The one I really like is the one who was doing street yoga, like Bernie Sanders.
1: You mean Bernie he's Glassman.
2: A- what? No, the <laughs> the Lama who did that. He went off the rails and he was all over India in the street.
1: Oh, I don't know who that is.
2: It's one of those two guys. It's not. Uh, it's, uh, who are the two guys? One is. Oh, you uh,
1: mean Mingyur Rinpoche? Yeah, Mingyur Rinpoche. Yeah, I'm going to do a retreat with him in June. Oh, great! Yeah, he's so wonderful.
2: I'd like to get up with him and get him to join us uh-uh. sometimes. Uh-huh. So he has his own scene. He has all the monsters in India. He has yeah, the support. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But I'd like him to work with us. Sure, really
1: he, I'm sure you could get in touch with them.
2: I really would. So Sharon knows him and likes him, right? Sharon,
1: yeah, Sharon likes him. But there's another
2: him. one, Choknir, that's one, Choknir. Chok, but he's Bajai's. not the one who went in the street. Minju no. is the one who went in the
1: street. Yeah, Choknir is older. I don't know either
2: one. Well, I met them both, both at receptions. Wonderful. They're just wonderful. But, but, but you, you don't understand. And it's hard for me to get to meet them. I mean, to when meet them, to really meet them. Because mm. they kind of, you know, it's the Kagyu Galupa thing. Mm. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of, oh, today, by the way, I brought this new book. Shabgar's thing of Manjushri.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, I know that book. I want to read some piece of it. Oh, wonderful, to, great. With, with together. great, 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 yeah, I have I that brought. at home.
2: Yeah, Did it, you just it? You yeah it just came out, yeah, it just came out. Just right came away. out, I me too, yeah. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> yeah, There's one thing where he says, I really like Karampa, huh. Shabgar says. Oh, I like Karampa, he says. Not this crappy new Kadampa, anti-Dalamian people, the real Kadampa. Yeah,
1: also. yeah, yeah.
2: There was no Gelupa. So, yeah. people didn't make Gelupa. Yeah. He, he said he just renewed Atisha's Kadampa. Mm. The people yeah. who do lolojong. Yeah. Give the victory to the enemy, you know, like mm-hmm. the real thing, you know. Mm. Just let go, you know. Mm. Okay. Good. So, there's nobody so, there? The Korean lady's not there? I can't no, believe she didn't come. Okay. Yeah, you should.
1: That's good. We're good. We're, we're good. good for Yeah. Because yeah,
2: we got to do it. We're doing another thing with
1: the. We are with we're the masses. Well. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, k-r-i-s-h-n-a-d-a-s.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, k-i-r-t-a-n-w-a-l-l-a-h-foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone, remember God. Ram Ram.